there are, have been some changes made when it comes to the difficult decisions that you have to make after you lose a loved one. And Ontario's chief coroner made these major changes on how hospitals and funeral homes deal with the dead uh, last week, which means that you, unfortunately, I am opening up the show on um, a sad note, but you are going to have to have some very real and important conversations with your loved ones. Dr. Dirk Hauer is Ontario's chief coroner. Hopefully I've pronounced your name correctly. He joins the show right now. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Did I get your name right there? No, higher, but that's okay. Higher, okay. Uh, Dr. Higher, let's start out with why the decision was made to change protocol in hospitals and funeral homes when it comes to dealing with loved ones. I work together with the Bereavement Authority of Ontario, who oversees and works together with the funeral service providers, and we developed a plan that would allow us to maintain normal existing processes of respectful aftercare, but adding additional capacity and efficiency, as we really wanted to ensure that we didn't develop something new. We wanted to work with what is already in place to allow transfer of loved ones into the care of those who have the expertise, the funeral service providers. Yeah, you didn't want to end up with a situation where, you know, we're looking at something horrible like Italy and and New York where they had to deal with um, transferring bodies in the meantime um, that that have passed away from COVID and other things to uh, arenas. Absolutely correct. We felt that... uh we wanted to develop a plan that didn't contemplate uh, tra- uh, temporary storage in, in that manner whatsoever. We really uh, looked to increase uh, timeliness and increase efficiencies uh, such that that would not be required. And that's where the conversation comes in that I was uh, alluding to off the top. It's the change in the amount of time that families have to think about the type of funeral service they'd like to utilize. Can you break that down for us? Yeah, it's an incredibly challenging thing and and very respectful of the families at the time that they've lost their loved ones because what we've put in place is a a, a much quicker time to decide about a funeral home to be involved. And in hospitals, we we, uh, make the recommendation, the guideline for within an hour in long-term cares within uh, centres within three hours. And that's really to ensure that the decisions are made quickly, the funeral services can uh, respond in a priority way but that's tough. That's very, very tough. People have just lost their loved ones. They're grieving, and we're, we're asking them to make decisions very quickly. puts the healthcare uh, sector into a, a situation of having a conversation that would typically not be occurring so fast. So both the families and the healthcare providers are going to be faced with this challenge. It's not about deciding what the ultimate disposition will be. It's choosing which funeral home you want. And then the funeral sector will take, take uh, the person into their care and then allow discussion with the family to, to provide the most uh, effective and desired ceremony, desired approach, desired uh, point of worship that can still occur after the transfer into the funeral home care. It's really to allow entry and transfer into the sector where uh, they can provide the best care. Yeah, it's uh, to me, you know, I I lost, I've really lost only, uh, I've been fortunate to lose only really one person that I've been very close to. Uh, Everybody else, knock on wood, is very healthy. But in that situation, in that hour where you'd have to make a decision on which funeral home to send your loved one to, everybody who's lost somebody they care about understands that during that hour, it can pass in a second, like a blink of an eye, or it stretches out. It Time does not move in a in normal fashion when you're dealing with grief. 
So uh, you're basically telling us that we're going to have to have these conversations with our loved ones and find out, you know, where they would like their funeral performed if this this comes about, if this happens. I mean, it's a macabre conversation to have, but it's one that is really important for the people that you love. Absolutely correct. And as my in my uh, earlier years of, of work as a coroner, this is something that I had to do on a regular basis at, when people passed at home in the community because they couldn't rest in the home for a prolonged period of time. So I specifically understand how challenging this is and I've had this conversation, as I say, hundreds of times with families. And, uh, and I completely uh, understand and respect it because many of the deaths that I was involved with were unexpected. Never is death expected. Never is death a good thing um, and uh, but but and sometimes it's even more challenging than others and so yeah these are conversations that people need to think about and mm-hmm. help help with their loved ones yeah it's for your loved ones it's not necessarily for yourself you've also made changes to death certificates and how they'll be issued can you uh, let us know the specifics on that yeah, I have to um, really call out the Ministry of Government and Consumer Services who developed a, a process of electronic completion and submission of the medical certific- certificates of death by coroners. And this was pulled together within a two to three week period of time. It was unbelievable how fast they did it. And that allowed that allows us to uh, use our skill set of completing medical certificates of death and understanding death to free up uh, health care providers and those at long-term care homes from the task of doing that and having to travel and prepare and provide the paper-based uh, product uh, uh, document right now. So we've taken that on to allow uh, clinicians and healthcare providers to focus on acute patient care as opposed to uh, this other task. Is that a protocol change you could see staying uh, put in the in the future? Well, we'll see what happens during the pandemic period. Um, I, I think that the uh, the government and the Ministry of Government and Consumer Services and the Office of the Registrar General have certainly been thinking about this for a long period of time, and we've had conversations prior to the pandemic period, which uh, allowed us to move relatively quickly. But it, it really will depend on how things go through, through this emergent time. We really want to recognize and focus on now, make sure we provide the best possible care for people now, and then we will uh, regroup after and, and make further decisions. We're speaking with Dr. Dirk Heyer, who's Ontario's chief coroner, about the changes that have been made in the face of the pandemic. Let's talk about um, how bodies are retrieved by funeral homes uh, from morgues or from long-term care homes and how uh, you're um, ordering they make some changes at the funeral home. Yeah, I don't provide orders, but uh, we, we've made um, changes to the process and the Bereavement Authority of Ontario have the oversight for, um, for the uh, funeral service providers. But having said all of that, what we've done is in our plan, we've contemplated uh, health and safety and we've contemplated the prudent use of uh, personal protective equipment, knowing that there's a worldwide shortage. So what we've done is we've, in the plan, have the funeral service providers remain outside of the facilities and they provide their stretcher to the, uh, the care providers uh, who will then uh, transfer the deceased person into the funeral home's care uh, in, a, uh, in a disinfected manner to ensure that there doesn't need to be a risk of transmission either from the funeral service providers, I don't suggest that they have any infection, or to the funeral service providers, um, and likewise into the hospital. So it really reduces any entry into the facility that's not, uh, that could raise a potential risk for transmission. Um, and it also allows uh, not needing additional PPE. So that can be focused on acute patient care as well. 
Yeah, I think we have to assume that everybody could be contagious and everybody could be a carrier because of the the fact that we could be asymptomatic. Um, Autopsy is no longer going to be performed on someone who is suspected to have died from COVID-19. Is this because we're worried that there might be a chance of transmission? Yeah, we don't we don't have any uh, significant evidence to show that there is uh, transmission after death, but we certainly don't know that there isn't. And I know that's a double negative, but the the reality is we want to be sure and and make uh, careful steps to protect the health and safety of everybody. If there was a situation where there was a definitive need for uh, postmortem examination, we have approaches that we can follow. So, say somebody was murdered in a situation such as that, we would uh, develop appropriate cautious approaches. But generally, in a COVID-19 death, um, albeit terribly sad, the diagnosis is uh, typically based on the the information, the clinical information and laboratory testing. So an autopsy would not be uh, indicated in those deaths. You've said it a few times in this interview that you've worked uh, in conjunction with the Bereavement Authority of Ontario. They are recommending that families consider cremation right now. Um, They are saying that embalming is still perfectly legitimate, uh, but are recommending cremation during this pandemic. Is that the smart way to go? And was there ever a time where you had a conversation, you know, during your conversation about the changes that should be made uh, with regard to funeral and uh, loved ones that have passed away with with COVID that uh, you and the Bereavement Authority of Ontario considered not just recommending cremation, but making it mandatory just because there's still a question mark on transference? So I can speak to my my perspective of that, but the Bremen Authority of Ontario has a broader perspective of funeral service provision. Um, from our point of view, uh, it really flows for what is the evidence that we know now. And right now, what we understand is that there's there is a, a we don't have any evidence of transmission after death, but proper precautions um, should be utilized, um, remembering that it's droplet and uh, uh, spread, so from coughing and sneezing in the majority of situations, um, and with appropriate caution and precautions of uh, making sure surfaces are clean and making sure any disinfectation occurs, there should be a low risk. Um, We don't know 100%, but certainly a low risk, so caution and care and thoughtfulness needs to be applied at all times when uh, managing or being involved with a deceased person. So the changes that you've made on how autopsies are performed and how bodies are collected from morgues and prepared for a funeral home, how long do you anticipate these will be in effect for? Uh, It really is a day-to-day approach, and uh, we really don't know. We're hoping that all of the effective and uh, public health measures, all of the care that's being provided by the health care providers, those in the long-term care home who are doing their best in in the long-term care homes to provide care, we're hoping all of those are effective and that our plan essentially was released prematurely and isn't something that needs to be uh, uh, fully implemented in, in all aspects. Um, we, that's our hope. Um, I can't answer whether that will be a true hope and achieved, but that certainly is our hope. Dr. Heyer, uh, you are Ontario's chief uh, coroner, so I want to thank you for your time under which would be uh, a very stressful and busy uh, time uh, for you. Thank you so much for being generous. Thank you for your interest. All right. Uh, Dr. Heyer is our chief uh, coroner here for the province, and he was just talking about the changes. And unfortunately, that means that you have to have an important conversation for your loved ones about where you want. If anything happens during this pandemic, you need to know which funeral home that you would like to go to. 
It is, it's so important. It's a simple decision to make really at the end of the day. You're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the family because the grieving families of those who've lost a loved one that's been in hospital will only have one hour now to decide on the funeral home. You have up to three hours if death occurs in a long-term care home. But the reality is those three hours or that hour will go by in the blink of an eye and you do not want to put that stress on your family.